The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey everybody, this is Victoria Moran. Welcome to Main Street Vegan Radio. I'm sorry we're a little bit late in getting started and those of you who had the patience to hang out with us here for a few minutes are going to get a really great show for your patience. We're just having all kinds of technical difficulties today. I think today I have had more things go wrong with computers and phones and microphones and other things that plug in than maybe at any time in my life. Now, my astrological friends tell me that communication has been very goofy of late because Mercury was retrograde until yesterday. But as of yesterday, everything was supposed to ease up and be lovely. So if anybody has a direct line to Mercury, let it know that we need some help here. So well, whether it's Mercury or whether it's just life, we're going to talk about some wonderful, fun things today. Now, you may be wondering where my delightful sidekick is off to this week. Well, this week and next week, I'll be holding down the fort by my lonesome because Adair is in Africa. Isn't that remarkable? I just want you who are Unity people to think about that a little bit because our Unity teachings about prosperity and living a big, abundant life are so clear about what is possible. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Adair since she's not here and I can't really brag about her when she is, but she and her husband are both actors. And no, you've never seen them on the Academy Awards, so it's not that they're making lots of money as actors, but they know what we they want out of life. So they have these amazing things manifest for them. They have a lovely apartment in New York City in Manhattan with a yard. Nobody has a yard in Manhattan. I don't think Donald Trump has a yard in Manhattan, but they have a yard. Now, they also want this yard for their two dogs and for Adair's Wildlife Rehabilitation Services. It's very clear to me that when you want to do something for others, the universe comes up and gives you some stuff for yourself. And they also manifest these wonderful trips by thinking positively, saving their money, living frugally. They are now in a place called Chanter's Lodge. I just heard from my son-in-law who said, we are sipping wine after a very adventurous day. Happy to support we survived whitewater rafting and rappelling in Bakota Gorge. The, the rappelling is what you'd expect, dropping 100 meters down a cliff with an impressive, 
impressive panorama in the background. But the whitewater rafting was particularly adventurous, most memorably when our raft went completely aerial and inverted on a large wave in a section called the Muncher. Adair managed to keep a hold of the safety line of the raft, but I went for a nice long solo swim through the rest of that particular course. We both carried a couple of liters of the Zambezi in our stomachs back out of the gorge with us. Now that sounded very powerful and wonderful and like a way to feel very, very alive. Then I got another email from Adair, and she said, I have decided that whitewater rafting is for idiots. So (laughs) adventures abounding, and I happen to have part-time care of their two dogs, Tala and Oliver. And I have to tell you, when I went to the doggy daycare place, the doggy hotel, to pick them up after my trip to Santa Rosa, California this weekend. I was speaking at the Center for Spiritual Living, the uh, religious science church out there. And I walked in, and you would have thought these dogs had never seen anybody that they knew ever in their lives. The emotion. They had everything that a human would have who was reunited with a family member that they thought they'd never see again, except the words to say that. When I have an experience like this with a non-human animal, I know why it means so much to me to give them the regard, the care, and the respect that those of us who listen to programs like this and who do programs like this really believe is what's important and, and how it's supposed to be here on this planet. So I'm very, very fortunate today that I'm going to be talking to two absolutely amazing women who would concur with that statement. The first is Patty Brightman. Oh, golly, I don't even know how I can talk about Patty Brightman without choking up. If it were not for this woman, I would not be talking to you on this radio show. I would not have written Main Street Vegan or Creating a Charmed Life or Fit from Within or really any of my other books except my very, very first one. She was, at that time, a literary agent. She was the editor of the very popular book in the 1980s, A Fit for Life. And after that, after learning about fruits and vegetables and what they can do for you, she decided to move to California where they grow the fruit, and that's just what she did. She became a literary agent. Lucky for me, she was my literary agent for many years until she retired at a very, very young age to be a full-time voice for animals and for the vegan lifestyle. Patty is the co-author of How to Eat Like a Vegetarian, Even If You Never Want to Be One, and also the author of how to say no without feeling guilty, although I have to tell you, I don't think this woman has ever said no to me. She's the founder and director of the Marin Vegetarian Education Group and co-founder of Dharma Voices for Animals. She's on the advisory council of the Animals and Society Institute and was for many years a publishing consultant to some of the world's best-known leaders. She's been teaching vegan cooking classes for 14 years. Now, what is so much fun for me today about having these two guests on at the same time is because I learned about the second one from the first one. I remember when Patty called me up and said, there's this fabulous book, and it's called Eat Vegan on $4 a day. And I thought, well, I want that book. <laughs> I want some money left over to do other things with. And that book is written by today's other guest, 
Ellen Jaffe Jones. This is a best-selling book that she wrote after watching too many stories that say you can't eat well on a budget. She's eaten this way for the better part of 30 years, including 18 years as a two-time Emmy-winning TV investigative and consumer reporter in St. Louis and in Miami, where she won the National Press Club First Place Award for Consumer Reporting. Ellen is currently an Aerobics and Fitness Association of America certified personal trainer. Now, that's the same one Jillian Michaels has, guys, so that's a good thing. She is a Runner's Club of America certified running coach and a volunteer running coach for Manatee High School girls cross-country team in Bradenton, Florida. She runs faster and longer than many of the kids she coaches. Welcome, Patty and Ellen. So honored to have you here. Wow. Thank you. Somebody got a blender going? No, that was applause. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> Hi, Victoria. Hey, Patty. Hi, hey, Ellen. Hi, all. Well, what are you guys doing today? What's on the stove? Well, I just made, before the show, I made my famous cashew red pepper dip that everyone loves. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. It's got two ingredients only, and it's my all-purpose go-to food. I smear it on a large tortilla, and then I put leftover salad on. I use it as a dip. I stuff peppers with it. I bring it to people's houses when I don't know what to bring. Everybody loves it, and the only two ingredients are cashews and red pepper. Did you soak the cashews? Nope. You put them in a food processor with red pepper from a jar that's already been roasted, and you add some of the liquid from the jar or water, and you just leave the S-blade on until it gets smooth, which is really a very loud minute or two minutes. And it is out of this world. It's like a cashew butter with red pepper in it, but you call it a red pepper cashew dip, and people go nuts over it. I don't know anyone who hasn't loved it has tasted it. Well, I was just looking through your book, How to Eat Like a Vegetarian, Even If You Never Want to Be One, and I saw a list of 10 things to eat when there's nothing to eat. And I just love that because my husband is one who will look in the fridge and if there's like one ingredient missing from what he's used to, he says we have nothing to eat and he goes to the store and spends 50 bucks, which wouldn't (laughs) be good for Ellen's book. So I love, I love all these little lists that you have about the top 10 vegetarian convenience foods and 10 substitutions for an egg in baking. These are important little tips for people to have. What are some of your favorites? Well, I did already with my two-ingredient dip. Where that's just so delicious. It's a spread. It's a dip. It's everything. It's, it's what people used to use butter for. I mean, you can't cook with it like butter, but, I mean, when you put butter on things, there's so much cruelty in that, and this is cruelty-free and delicious and just I as rich it. Well, like you say here, the top 10 vegetarian convenience foods. You've got instant hummus, canned beans, vegetable broth, canned organic tomatoes, instant mashed potatoes, use them to thicken soups or bind a veggie burger, frozen vegetables, instant beans, curry paste, tomato sauce in a jar, and salad dressings. That sounds like America. Well, it, it's, those are really, it's funny that they're, they're in the book as top, they are convenience foods, but I use them mostly when I'm traveling. When I'm home, hummus is so easy to make. I don't use instant hummus when I'm home. I just bring it when I'm traveling because it's a powder that can go on the plane, whereas if you try to bring a pasty hummus on the plane, they take it away from you. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. You'd have to put it in your little quart Ziploc with your face cream. Exactly. Or I learned when I visit my mom in Florida, she tries to send me home with with food. I've learned you can make a sandwich with an entire container of hummus, and if it's between two slices of bread, they'll let you on the plane with it. But if it's in the container that said hummus, they won't let you on the plane with it. Great tip. So you can make a sandwich with that brothy stuff. Yes, let's say hi to Ellen, whom I've never met in person, but whose book I adore. Oh, you're so sweet, Patty, and you've been a longtime hero of mine, so this is a great, a great meeting. I love it. Um, and newsflash, the Tampa airport now carries hummus and vegetables. <laughs> oh, wow, you can buy them after your past security? Yes, yes, yes. Well, Very that's exciting. exciting. Oh, airports are coming up in the world. At one of the oh. airports I was in last, I think it was LAX, I don't know, I was in so many airports Kale salad and those those macro convenience things where they have the uh, pod thai and, and this and that that are vegan, and they're all marked vegan. I wow. love it. I love that the word is getting out in the world. Well, even products that have always been vegan now say vegan on them. Was it you told me in the supermarket you saw dates? Yeah. D- dates are a fruit. They've been around for centuries. They've been around since humans have been around. They come from the, where humans developed in northern Africa. I mean, dates are like an ancient fruit. They now say vegan on the package of dates. It's ridiculous. That's because we're changing the world. We are. We are. And I love that Unity calls itself the voice of an awakening world. Yes. And and I love that they see that veganism fits into that. That's just a fabulous fit. Well, it was a great pleasure and a great honor to be asked to do this show because the founders of Unity, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, were vocally vegetarian. They wrote about it extensively in, in Weekly Unity, which was their first publication. One of their sons was vice president of the uh, World Vegetarian Union for many years. But, you know, as time passes and they passed away, <laughs> it, it, it kind of lost some of that heritage. And when I got the call saying, we'd like you to come on and do this show and you can call it Main Street Vegan, it was like, oh, my gosh. Things go around and come around, and the world does wake up sometimes to its roots. So when we come back after the break, we are going to really get into the nitty-gritty of eating like a vegetarian and eating vegan on $4 a day. Stay with us. Stay hungry. We've got the answer to that. We'll be back. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening.
Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all, a cruise to the Caribbean. November 10 through 17, 2012, we'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to like Victoria Moran, author on Facebook, and post your questions and comments. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Everybody, welcome back. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. Yeah, you know, it says to contact me on Facebook. I'd rather you just contact me direct at MainStreetVegan.net. I'm Victoria at MainStreetVegan.net. You know, they say there are two kinds of people in the world, Facebook people and Twitter people. And if I had to be one or the other, I am definitely a Twitter person. I'm Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter. And I suppose there is a third kind of person, one who doesn't do Facebook or Twitter. Do you do those things, Patty? I'm embarrassed to say I don't do any of them. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on any of those things. I'm very unreachable. <laughs> well, no, that's that's a real gift. I was just reading a wonderful book by the dermatologist Howard Murad. He's not a vegan, but he's definitely in our kind of ballpark health-wise. It was uh, The Water Secret, talking about how to keep your cells hydrated and you know, plumped and looking young and all that. But he was talking about a new kind of stress called cultural stress that comes from the fact that most of us are on call 24 hours a day. We've all become emergency room physicians, and it's really taking its toll. So when I hear that somebody has avoided both of those things, I'm a little bit in awe. However, on the other hand, when I see lovely Ellen on <laughs> on the Twitter, I'm always happy to see it. And you're what are you on Twitter? Are you Veg Coach? Veg Coach, yes. Yeah. yeah. I have it set up. See, you got to learn these shortcuts. Every time I post on Facebook, it tweets at the same time. So I do save a little bit of time, and and then I post my YouTube videos on Facebook. So they all talk to each other, you know. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, some people say that's a good thing, and some people say it isn't. But I say whatever maintains your sanity is really, really good. And you know, people are watching us as vegans. We're supposed to be incredibly healthy at all times. And if we happen to be run down or a little bit broken down because we're stressed or not getting enough sleep, everybody's going to say it's lack of protein. So we owe it to the animals to sleep enough and rest enough and, you know, just have it all together. Well, that's one of the reasons that I try and do so much athletically. Um, in addition to being a high school girls cross-country coach, I usually place in 5K races for my age group, which I've done about 26 times in the last five or six years. I did my first marathon two years ago and was the fifth oldest female to finish the Palm Beaches Marathon. And I'm just trying to do all this stuff to show how much energy you can have on a vegan diet. And when you were asking before what was uh, cooking on the stove, I'm thinking, oh, I hope she doesn't ask me because... Uh, 
I was like, yeah, I've got track practice. I'll probably run five miles tonight after I get off the phone with you. And I've just been eating really light today, you know, just salad. So nothing real fancy to brag about. But, you know, it, it really does, um, the, the more you can incorporate and bring in people in the community, even if it's the world community, that's what I love to see. And I think part of it, you know, we have 10,000 followers on my Eat Vegan on $4 a Day Facebook page. And I Whoa. really encourage people to ask questions and, and join in the support because, boy, when I started out 30 years ago, there was nothing. The only thing you could do after you read one book was go to the bookstore and try and find another. And there weren't that many. So I know how much um, people need support, and often they don't get that in their families or their friends. And so Facebook really has provided that network. At least I hear that from my followers. I want to add that Victoria's new book, Main Street Vegan, also gives you the kind of support that I wished I had when I became a vegan 26 years ago. It's like holding your hand through the whole process and cheering you and telling you why it's so great what you're doing and how to do it better and how to make it easier. I love that book. Main Street Vegan is like the best book to have if you want support for being a vegan. Well, that's very kind. I think what is so cool is that we're all out there trying to make things different. And there are some women out there doing it, but do you know most of the people in the veg movement who are writing books and giving talks and doing things are men? Why do you think that is? <laughs> I'm laughing because I actually wrote to one organized, uh, organization that puts on a large event every year, and I said, where are the women? The only women, and there were a few of them, were basically cooks or you know, cookbook authors, and um, I think part of it is the whole medical school thing is just starting to catch up. Um, there, like it or not, are more male vegan doctors out there, it seems, than there are female. Um, I have a, doc, uh, a daughter who is uh, planning to go to medical school, and I think the ratios have improved more over recent years, but perhaps it just takes a little while for... Uh, those numbers to catch up so that women have the kind of credibility that the John McDougals and Neil Barnards who have been doing this for 20 or 30 years have after putting in the time to do it. It's interesting that we're talking about professionals because on a smaller scale, most of the vegetarian groups around the country that I know of are run by women. You know, the small local groups that put on the potlucks and put on the veg fests and put on all these events. The president of the San Francisco Vegetarian Society, Dixie Mayhe, is 78 years old, and she just did a three-minute tap dance routine at a party I was at last weekend. <laughs> and she's been running the San Francisco Vegetarian Society for more than 30 years. So most of the small vegetarian groups around the country that offer local support for people making this move, I, I think, are women. And maybe it's because women are always in nurturing roles that traditionally they haven't had the time to become professionals. But well, that could be, and you see a lot of women are taking in the animals and showing up to volunteer at the shelters and, and that kind of thing as well. Exactly. So we're in there. Uh, just a few more accolades and a few more of us in high-profile places would be really good. Patty, you've been writing to Wayne Pacelli, CEO and President of the Humane Society of the United States. What have you guys been talking about? Well, I wrote first in response to one of their they – they sent out a newsletter quarterly, and the cover was celebrating farmers who were raising pigs 
to slaughter for food, and he was praising, the magazine was praising that as an alternative to factory farms and saying that's where we should be buying our ribs and our bacon and all that from farmers who do it right. And I wrote to him and said, I don't understand why you're celebrating small farmers who are raising animals and killing them. We're supposed to be opposing the raising of animals for food, the commodification of animals, the killing of animals. Just because someone's doing it on a small scale, it's the same slaughter to that pig, whether he lived his life on a factory farm or he was, you know, treated better when he lived. They're still breeding them and confining them and raising them and killing them for food. And that's what we're supposed to be opposing, not the method of slaughter, not the method of confinement and commodification, not the style in which we're abusing and using animals. But the fact that we're using and abusing animals, that's what I object to. And he wrote back and he said, well, we take a pluralistic approach because that's who our audience is. And I wrote back again and said, you are a vegan in your own life. If you don't go public with that, all of your followers and people who admire you, you're a very well-respected, very effective man. People who know you don't know that they know a vegan. Most people in this country think, I don't know any vegans. But people who know you and know your work, if they knew you were a vegan, that sort of normalizes and gives permission to everyone else to be vegan. And I'm waiting for the reply to that second letter I wrote back to him. But we've had a very respectful dialogue about my concern with this tendency in some animal welfare groups to promote small-scale slaughter because they think it's the answer to large-scale slaughter. But if you take it to its logical conclusion, anyone who's a small farmer treating the animals well but still confining them and breeding them and killing them, if they're successful at what they do, the demand will be so great that they'll become big farmers, and eventually that's how factory farming started. The demand for those products is what keeps those companies thriving. So when we lower the demand by reducing or eliminating our dependency on animal foods, we will put the whole paradigm out of business, not just the factory farms, but the small farmers. I don't like this whole movement that's very popular to say, if you're going to buy meat, buy it from someone who does it right. There's no way to raise and kill an animal the right way. I don't care that he's you know, treated better while he's alive. That shouldn't assuage your guilt at eating him because he's still an animal that you're killing. And you don't need to. If we needed it, I don't speak for other countries. I don't speak for other cultures. In America today, there's no need to do that. We are not deprived of calories. That's for darn sure. Have you been at a truck stop lately? I haven't been at a truck stop lately. (laughs) (laughs) We're not deprived of calories, that's for sure. Oh, if you'd like to get in on this conversation, our number is 888-558-888. 6489 888-558-6489. would love to hear from you. Now, I know that just as in the humane movement where there is, is some of this, well, it's okay if they're raised better, I know that in the health movement a lot of people say, well, a little bit of, of animal food is really good. You really ought to have some, you know, get it organic, and then I think who can afford that, but be that as it may. So, Ellen, you come at this largely from the health point of view. I know there's a family history of of breast cancer, and you're helping people get healthier. Do you think people ought to be completely vegan? Oh, totally. Um, I have. I keep begging to be a part of some research uh, project, or if there's some doctor out there that would like to study me. And you, you would think that based on my family history, doctors would be lining up at my front door. My mother my aunt and both sisters had breast cancer and we were part of the original breast cancer gene studies although nobody in our family really needed a study to tell us what we already knew so from a very early age uh, when my aunt died of 
breast cancer in our home when I was five, I've been focused on what is really the truth about food. And as a journalist and uh, TV news reporter, I had the opportunity to interview tons of doctors and dietitians and healthcare professionals over the years. And that's really where I started. I, I covered some of the worst animal abuse stories in Miami, and that really got me thinking about so many different dots that you connect in this journey to figure out the truth about food. And what I found as a uh, as a reporter, a mainstream uh, reporter, is that PETA and other animal rights organizations didn't get media coverage unless they did something outrageous like, you know, boycott the fur store or go downtown on a cold day and be in a bikini or less. And I thought, well, if I can approach it from a health standpoint, maybe that would get people more interested or even better still, show them how they can save money, not only by what they save at the grocery store, but by what they can save by avoiding the $100,000 bypass surgery. And that's one of the big examples I use when I talk around the country is saying, okay, let's uh, take some of my, I was also a financial consultant at Smith Barney after I left uh, television, let's do a little dollar cost averaging. Take that $100,000 bypass surgery and divide it by the number of $5 burgers you order at a restaurant. And if you factor in that bypass surgery, that burger is really more like uh, a $1,000 burger or a $100 burger. So getting people to think about the true cost of food and how it plays out into their health care costs is huge. It doesn't matter if you pay for it, I pay for it, the government pays for it. Preventable diseases are not sustainable. Well, amen to that. What what office are you running for? Because you have my vote. <laughs> yes, you've got oh, my vote, it's too. About. It's about being around for the grandkids. You know, my parents were so sick and diseased by the time I had children. I was, I was the youngest of three, three daughters. They couldn't lift my kids, let alone babysit them. And interestingly enough, you know, the original title of my book was Eat Well on $3 a Day, which gives you an idea of how long uh, I was working on the book. But about the time my book came out, Bill Clinton, God love him, came out and announced uh, that he was vegan. And um, it really, really got people thinking, wow, if he can avoid a third bypass surgery. And then he was, he was on Larry King, and I'll never forget the quote he used, which was, I want to be around for the grandkids. And that's really what it is. It's not so much how long you live, but the quality of life. And of course, the research would suggest that vegans do enjoy a much better quality of life and uh, are certainly dodging the diseases that uh, so many people in this country think are just unavoidable as you get older. And that's another reason I like to work with kids, because they, they look at me like I have just arrived from Mars. You know, I'm almost 60 years old, and I'm running faster than they are, and they're thinking, what is she doing? So, yeah, I think um, it really plays out in terms of uh, not only health, but also if you can show people that they can eat very healthfully on less than the cost of food stamps, then they think, wow, I don't really care what I'm eating if I can eat on $4 a day. But it is well, high quality something else food. Is, yeah. Ellen does something else in her book that I adore. She talks about where are the broccoli ads and compares how many ads there are in a typical so-called health magazine. And every disease has its own magazine. There's an arthritis today and there's lupus today and there's, you know, heart magazines for people with diabetes and magazines for people with heart disease. And they're all about pharmaceuticals and they're all about, you know, drugs to make us well. And there are no ads for broccoli and no recipes and no, no empowering people to take care of their health through treating themselves better. 
Yeah, as I said, no broccoli board, no broccoli association, no broccoli lobby. And I really got that idea from my work. Uh, it probably won't surprise you to know that I was a La Leche League leader, which is a breastfeeding information and support group. Uh, and again, because doctors were saying you better do something different with your life. So breastfeeding is very preventative uh, against cancer, not only in, in moms, but in female offspring as well. So I did that full force. And what I found was there was a great book called The Politics of Breastfeeding, and it talked about about how there's no money to be made in breast milk, no corporation that makes it. And the same model really does hold true. And it plays out in advertising dollars, too. And I, I look at that in the book, too, where watermelons only get about $1.6 million in um, the USDA's checkoff program, which is about advertising dollars that go to promote the certain products that are on this list. And at the very top of the list, as you might expect, would be dairy products as its own category and then fluid milk as yet another category. And these two are more than almost $4 million. And then uh, beef is under that. Hold hold that thought because we want to play a song before the next break that is going to tell people just what there is to eat when you stop eating the processed and the animal foods. So this is Vance Lemkol. It's a fabulous, fun patter song. Take a listen, and we'll be back after the song and after the break with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. What do you live on? What do you do without meat? What do you got left to eat? Well, there's broccoli, gingerbread, almonds, and rice milk for your corn flakes. Asparagus, artichokes, apricot, pepper, pineapple, and carrot cake. Banana, biscotti, sorbet, manicotti, and raisin and strawberry waffle. Tomatoes, potatoes, gazpacho, and nachos, alfalfa, fennel, and falafel. There's coconut, buckler, cucumber, sesame, chili, and chutney, and cherries. And chippy, cilantro, polenta, pimento, pistachio, pesto, and blueberries. There's peaches and apples and nectarines. Cornbread and cabbage and collard greens. Lentils and pintos and navy beans. And lemons and tangerines. With so many treats to eat, Grapes, avocados, and dates, peanut butter, and raspberry jam. A rope, guacamole, granola, stromboli, chipotle, and coleslaw, and yams. There's mangoes, tamales, oatmeal, macadamias, marzipan, tea, cauliflower. And mint, macaroni, miso, minestrone, french onion, and soup, hot and sour. There's kiwi, and ziti, and seaweed, fajitas, and pizzas, and pizza, and raita. And leeks, fettuccine, sushimi, rotini, and babaca, nushana, pita. There's brilliants, and pencils, and plantain chips, pickles, and pea soup, and licorice whips, garlic, and mushroom, asparagus, tips, cumin, and black bean dip. There's so many treats, so neat, complete, and sweet, to eat. Why bother to have a Tacos, sauce, spinach, curry, bagels, enchiladas, ratatouille, ketchup, lettuce, seitan, olives, pasta, salad, tempest, stuffing. Veggie burgers, watermelon, portobello, bean burritos, boba peel, quesadillas, apple cider, orange turnips, and cranberry muffin. Walnuts, currants, rosa, radishes, and rhubarb, crisp, spaghetti, biscuit, cantaloupe, risotto, lemonade, balsamic, vinegar, papaya, hoagies. And cruise, cruise, and chili, jalapenos, and mackay, lasagna, mustard, popcorn, sweet potato, pears, party, mac, plum, punch, pierogies. A veggie papaya, a barley stew, tempura, stir fry, marinated tofu, buckwheat, and Brussels sprouts, borscht, bok choy, and don't forget the joy of soy. Yucky, zucchini, ratatouille, tahini, tasabas, and wheat. With so many treats, so neat, complete, and sweet to eat. Why bother to have a cow? With so many treats, so neat, complete, and sweet to eat. Why bother another cow? That's what we live on. That's what we do without meat. That's what we got left to eat. It's called food. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? 
Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Reverend Kevin and friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. For tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, hey everybody, Victoria Moran here with Main Street Vegan. That song that you just heard was by Vance Lemcall, and he has a fun podcast himself. You can find out more about that at vegcast.com. In fact, I was his guest a while ago, if you want to hear me on the other side of the microphone. Now, just when we went to break, Ellen, I cut you off. You were talking about money going for advertising food, so please finish that thought. Well, the the basic summary is that there is uh, just a ton of money that's devoted to the dairy and fluid milk and beef pork industries. And that is why when you walk into your kid's cafeteria or your grandkids' cafeteria, you're not going to see broccoli. It's what's for dinner or watermelon. It's what's for dinner. Um, there is so much money dumped into the advertising, and not only does does the surplus uh, in, of the products end up in the kids' food that they're eating, but also in the advertising uh, of the posters. In fact, there was a, a teacher that was fired on the East Coast uh, a couple of years ago for trying to take down a Got Milk poster. And, um, you know, there are, there are some people who are trying to change this now, but unfortunately, unless we elect more politicians like Dennis Kucinich, who really connect the dots and understand all this, um, you know, I'm not sure this is going to change anytime soon because it, it takes so much to stand up against all this money. And now that the, the election laws have changed and corporations are people and they have the same rights in terms of funding, um, it's very challenging to buck up against uh, the big industries and really understand what, it, what it's going to take to change things in this country. You know, I kind of joke that we may all be vegan whether we want to or not in 10 years. The way the drought is killing off the corn and 
corn is what is being used to feed cattle. And unfortunately, most of our corn is shipped overseas to China to feed their growing meat habit instead of us adopting their way of eating. It's working the other way around. But I really think that there are so many organizations who have said that factory farming especially is not sustainable that uh, we probably all will be eating more of a plant-based diet uh, in the future, whether we want to or not. So I'm so glad that you all are around and writing great recipe books so people can get to enjoy all of these foods. You know, people say, well, there's not so much variety on a vegan diet. And I go, excuse me, there's like 90 different fruits and vegetables at least, and many of them have different varieties. But when you think about uh, the animal kingdom, there's pretty much just brown, brown, and brown, and not a whole lot of variety. Oh, yeah. Amen. People... People who were never foodies become vegan, and they become foodies. It's so much fun. If you want to get in on this conversation, we're at 888-558-6489. I'm talking with Ellen Jaffe Jones, author of Eat Vegan on $4 a Day, and Patty Brightman, co-author with Carol J. Adams of How to Eat Like a Vegetarian, Even If You Never Want to Be One. Patty, you were saying during the break that you get a very interesting response when people find out that you're a vegan. It seems to me that as soon as people know that I don't eat animals, the first thing they do is they confess to me what they've been eating, and they want my approval, like, oh, I haven't had red meat in a few months, or I had a salad for dinner last night. And I approve of everybody who's moving in this direction. I don't care where you are. If you're conscious that you can improve your diet and improve the lives of animals, I applaud you. Even if you're just facing that direction and haven't taken the first step yet, I applaud you for being willing to wake up, for being willing to bear witness, pay attention, see what's working, see what isn't working for the planet and for the animals. And once you see it, you consider taking a step to help make things better. I applaud that instinct in everybody, whether it's dormant or awakening. I accept everybody where they are, but I find it very funny that as soon as I say I'm a vegan, they go, oh, I don't eat red meat anymore. And what yeah, I'm I thinking find- is, but I'm thinking, but do you still eat chickens and pigs? Do you still eat, you know, lambs? But I don't say that. I say, well, that's great. You know, what other foods, you know, what other animals do you care about? Well, I find people will sometimes say, well, now, I'm, I'm not vegan. I'm not as good as you. And it's like, well, you're absolutely as good as me. Maybe you're better than me, but my diet's probably better than yours. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I think we, we need to, it, you know, it's like people on the conventional diets. It used to be, oh, I was bad today or I was good today. You know, it's about not good and bad, but how caring, how awake, how aware. Mm -hmm. And the more we wake up, we're going to be eating a lot more vegetables, I'm convinced. Now, Patty, you're part of something called Dharma Voices for Animals. What's that about? Well, the Dharma is a word for what the Buddha taught. And there are a lot of Americans who are moving toward following the Buddha's path because the Buddha talked about all kinds of good things. The Buddha believed that or taught that inside we all basically have Buddha nature, which means we're naturally loving, we we have loving kindness and we have compassion and we have sympathetic joy and we have equanimity. It's all in us. It's just covered up with layers and layers of conditioning and habits and everything. So basically, people who study the Dharma are following in the Buddha's footsteps and Dharma Voices for Animals is a group that I helped to um, develop with three other people about raising awareness in the community of people who practice the Dharma, people who are following in the Buddhist teachings, teaching them how we are inadvertently eating animals with unconscious choices, mostly around food, but also with our products in our lives and in in bad lighting at night when we step on bugs because we can't see them. We're trying to raise awareness in the the Buddhist community in, in America and around the world about how we can 
be kinder to animals, because Buddhism, unlike the Judeo-Christian religions, Buddhism included animals in its circle of compassion. It sends loving-kindness to all beings. It talks about taking care of all creation, of all beings, not just human beings. And I think a lot of people would argue that even in the Judeo-Christian tradition, if you look at it closely enough, there is a lot more concern for other beings than most of us have interpreted. I had Rin Berry as one of the instructors from Main Street Vegan Academy, and somebody asked him about the loaves and fishes story in the New Testament, and Rin said, well, when I translated the New Testament from the Greek, and first I just had to stop and let that sink in. I just don't know a lot of people who can translate the New Testament from the Greek. But he said that in, in Greek, the word in that story that's used for fishes, its first meaning is relish, like a tahini. Second meaning is dessert. Third meaning is little fishes. And I was just so happy after that. It's like the miracle of the loaves and tahini. How cool is that? That's very so, cool. And it's true. When, when company comes unexpected, many vegans can whip up something out of tahini that, that serves a crowd. Yeah, this is so true. So, Ellen, give us some examples of how vegan food can be really inexpensive. We're not talking about Ellen's food or Oprah's food. This is like Main Street food. What are we going to be eating on our $4 a day? Well, the main thing I tell people when they always ask the question is, really, how do you do it? The short five-second television answer is beans, grains, and greens. And the more extended answer is you go to the big box store, um, and I'm not suggesting that you necessarily have to shop there, but because I've spent the last four years on the floors of these stores tracking prices as I did as a consumer reporter, I know that there are a lot of people shopping there, and I'm guessing there are some, a few vegans as well. But if you take the largest bag of beans you can get, which is about 20 pounds, it's five cents for one ounce of beans, and a serving of that would be a dime because two ounces cooks up into four ounces for one serving. You compare that to the cheapest form of hamburger meat, which is at the moment 56 cents an ounce where I live, um, or actually per serving, that's four ounces of serving, so it's 56 cents compared to a dime. And if you go to more expensive cuts of meat, like beef tenderloin, for four ounces, uh, at 93 cents an ounce, that's $3.72 an ounce compared to a dime for a serving of beans. And so this is another way I talk to people about understanding how really, really cheap it is. So if you throw out the meat and the dairy, which uh, are so expensive, those are really the most expensive parts of a standard American diet, and trade it for beans in particular as a great source and a healthier source of protein, you have plenty of money left over to buy fruits and vegetables. And the other thing I talk about in my book is people always say, well, can you eat organic on $4 a day? And I say, absolutely. There's a great website called www.localharvest.org. And if you go on that website, and don't worry about writing this down, it's all in my book, but um, there's you can find out where community-supported agriculture farms are, or CSAs, as they're known, or any kind of local farm that's in your zip code. So uh, you can go work at these farms, volunteer, and they will often give 
give you a discount on produce, or they will even give you shares of the food for free. And I actually have several friends who have done this here in our local Bradenton, Florida community. And so uh, there are ways to do this if your mind is set to it. And there are also all kinds of ways you can grow your own vegetables, of course, if not in your soil. There's a, a website uh, for the little boxes called Earth Earth Boxes, and you can put soil in there and grow fabulous vegetables in a very small container. Oh, that's exciting. And you've also reminded me that since my daughter is out of the country, I need to go to her garden and pick some kale and other things, or the bugs will get to it before I do. So, Patty, you talk a lot about sense of urgency. Oh, my goodness, life seems so urgent anyway. Do we have to be urgent about this, too? Well, I don't think we have to be urgent in our lives, but I think there's a sense of urgency that the planet can't sustain the way we're living much longer. And the UN came out with a report a few years ago that raising animals for food is worse for the environment for greenhouse gas emissions than the entire transportation sector. If everybody on the planet, just if everybody in the United States alone just switched one day a week to being vegetarian, one day a week became vegan, it would have a greater impact in reducing methane gas than if everybody drove a Prius. So to me, the sense of urgency isn't like hurry up and do it. It's like pay attention to your choices and use urgency and consideration when you make your choices because every single human being making that choice individually adds up to 7 billion people affecting the world. And we in the West affect it much more. When we have a baby here, we use a lot more product to raise that kid than somebody in an impoverished country does. You know, they don't have disposable diapers and they don't have, you know, plastic games and all the stuff that a child has growing up in this country, it puts way more stress on our planet. So the urgency isn't like hurry up and do something. It's use care and urgency toward the survival of our planet. The planet's going to survive. It's whether humans can survive on it. I mean, I'm convinced that the planet, I saw a bumper sticker that says nature bats last. Nature gets last licks. So nature will survive us. The cockroaches will be here. The ants will be here. A lot of the birds will be here. But whether or not humans can continue to live on a planet that we're depleting so quickly, we're depleting the water, we're ruining the quality of the air. When I say urgent, the sense of urgency comes from the planet is running out of time. Some scientists say we're reaching a tipping point where we won't be able to reverse this trend. So well, I, I think, think it... Go ahead. I'm... With more people like Patty Brightman, and that is how to eat like a vegetarian, even if you never want to be one, and like Ellen Jaffe Jones, eat vegan on $4 a day, you can find Ellen at vegcoach.com. I think a lot more people are going to get a lot more motivated, and maybe we do have time, because heaven knows we've got the energy. Thank you both so much for being part of Main Street Vegan. Everybody who's listening, be in touch. I'm at MainStreetVegan.net, and we will be back here next week at this time with Dr. Frank Sabatino, my health mentor, calling with all your health questions. God bless, be well, and we'll be back in a week. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. 
To learn more about Victoria and Adair, or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. What a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, good questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Twelve Keys to Freedom, a path to metaphysical recovery takes an expanded view of the concept of recovery, unifying universal spiritual teachings, and the 12-step process in a powerful hour of discussion, process, and transformation. In life, we have challenges that are beyond the realm of simple dependence, divorce, child abuse, unhealthy relationships, eating disorders, teenage bullying, the loss of a loved one, as well as addictions of all kinds. The 12 Keys to Freedom offers a path to wholeness by using a technology developed by Esther Nicholson, an agape spiritual practitioner, educator, world-renowned vocalist, and former addict. Her life story exemplifies the realization of wholeness from conditions of the most challenging kind. 12 Keys to Freedom takes us on a path from powerlessness to empowerment, moving to a realization of our inherent God-given wholeness, no matter who we are, what we have done, or how challenging our life experience has been. Join Esther Nicholson each Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time for 12 Keys to Freedom, a path to metaphysical recovery, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
In a world that accepts mediocrity, conformity, and limitation, we are being called to shatter previously held beliefs about what is possible and live bigger, bolder, and more outrageously. As we explore cutting-edge ideas, people, teachings, and practices, we will settle for nothing less than a life lived with passion and purpose. Join Reverends Robin Ryder and Robin Ferguson live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time and explore what it is like to live your life out loud. Rebels with a Cause, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.